Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hey, hey, hey. Caps fans, we've got an incredible Thursday episode for you, as always. We're going to be talking about... The Washington Capitals' performance in the real season that started eight games ago, as we said and we've been saying, the first 20 games doesn't matter. This is kind of like the preseason to see if we're going to take this team, you know, how we're, how seriously we can take this team. And um, I think it's about time for a, a bit of a deep dive as to how they're play, how they are, uh, you know, through this first eight games. Um and that'll be the hockey Joy check. Polly, what's what's snack time with Polly Cupcakes in the cover? You know, uh, how things from social media or your past could be brought up in your NHL career. And I'm looking at it from a, a funny spin. This is nothing about anyone getting canceled or in deep water, anything like that. Well, that's good. Yeah, a little, little light, light, uh, Every time somebody talks about somebody's past social history, it's kind of like, oh, shit, something yeah. bad happened. So, All right. Well, let's pop some tabs and get into it. All right. One, two, three. I think before that we dive in, though, last week we covered uh, World Juniors. World Juniors and the Rivalry Series. That's all. That's right. Women's, yeah. women's so, game. So, uh, USA and Canada... Have announced their record or their rosters for World Juniors, which will be in and around the holidays, Christmas and New Year's. Um, 
but the rivalry series had games three and four, which were played up in Ontario last week. Um, Team USA got a overtime win to take a three-game lead in the series. So they went up 3-0. Now this is a best of seven, but they play all seven regardless. Um, And that game ended when the captain, uh, Captain America, Hillary Knight, (laughs) uh, Team USA had a power play. So they had a four-on-three in overtime, had some good puck movement, and Hillary from Ovi's office banged one home and went up 3 nothing. Then they went into um, game four, and it went to overtime. Team USA blew a 2-0 lead. Canada slowly throughout the game clawed their way back, went to overtime, nothing happened. And uh, per IIHF rules, they went to a five-person shootout, and uh, Canada won. Uh, Boo. I believe only one goal was scored. What if they don't score in the five-person shootout? Well, then they'll extend. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but unlike five. Yeah, unlike the NHL, you know. Gotcha. So it's it's two extra rounds. Yeah, to redeem. I think the NHL used to do five, or maybe NHL's done three. Always. Well, then I know minor league hockey used to do five. Okay. Because when I when I'd go to Nailers games. Um, mm. In the ECHL, they would do five. When uh, when I had season tickets to the USHL back uh, in like the early two thousand, well, early nine or mid nineties, late nineties, um, they uh, they did um, a full game, like five minute overtime, just like the NHL now, and then straight to a shootout. Oh, full twenty minutes and then shoot out. No, no, it was a five minute overtime. But like, oh, just like how five. the NHL is now, the USHL used to do that. Juniors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. So, series is three to one. Um, and the next games, you know, the last three are in February, and those will be. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe two games in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, I think they're playing in Saskatoon and Regina. And then they come back to the U.S. Minnesota, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We covered this like last week, I think. Yeah. So a little break. um, And in the meantime, the NWHL, or no, PWHL, will be starting. Um, Still not sure where they're going to have that on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine an ESPN Plus deal, but yeah. I haven't heard. That'd be sick. I hope. I hope they do. It would. Yeah, and unfortunately, all of this international hockey that we're talking about is on the NHL network. So unless you are paying extra in your cable plan or using other means, you won't be able to watch. So here's to hoping you have the NHL network. Yeah. Or a method to watch the NHL network, which may be more clandestine in nature. Right. And unfortunately, you can't just buy the NHL network from the NHL. Right, you have to have cable. You have to do it on a a package, yeah. Like, I have Sling TV, 
Shout out Sling. Sponsor us. Please. Um, you'll thank us later. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I bought, you know, I think I got the sports package. It's like extra 10 bucks a month. And that way I got NFL, NHL Network. Um, actually, on my Sling package, you get all the ESPNs, TBS and TNT, and NHL Network. So between my Sling and ESPN Plus... You get everything. Everything except Penguins home games. Yeah, Penguins home games. But who the fuck wants to watch well, those? Well, that only matters when the Caps are there and they're not right. on national TV. But yeah. if they were playing the Penguins on TBS or ESPN, I'd be able to watch it. Nice. Good shit. So, if you need the NHL Network, Sling TV may be your cheapest option. Just keep that in mind. Boom. There it is. It's the inside track. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't pay for Sling, but I do find these games. If you're crafty enough, you can find them too. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not admitting to any crimes, just to be clear. No. Um, we're completely law-abiding citizens in every aspect of our life. So, and, and besides, a uh, a true admission of guilt would require explicit detail, which was omitted. Exactly. We're just we're just talking here. Yeah, okay? Talking shit. Like talking that's a, shit. That comedian Shane Gillis. He does yeah. that. I'm just talking shit. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. We're joking. All right. Well, anyways, let's talk about the Washington Capitals the past eight games. So let's take a little bit of a broader view of this whole thing. What do you think? Yeah, make sure you use the right sound clip here. Uh, I'll try. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. just said that because I wanted to make sure you didn't accidentally do the Washington wraparound because you were doing an intro very similar to the Washington wraparound. Uh, so I'm just, you know, being it's my first fucking day on the job is basically what you're saying. Just being a dude here. All right. Okay. I'm giving you the, the assist. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Capstans, we've been hammering it home. The first 20 games of this campaign did not matter. Though I'm going to be referencing stats that encompass the first 20 games. Okay, they didn't matter. The performance didn't matter. But there's underlying, I think, stats that we could definitely glean knowledge from. So that's why I'm including them. But let's just take a look at the past, you know, now that we're here taking the team seriously or not, um, you know, trying to get a real lay of the land as to what this team is. What are the Washington Capitals? You know, I think the past couple of years... Now, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, if you think differently, but the Washington Capitals have been lacking what so many NHL talking heads call an identity. Yeah, I honestly, um, since they won the cup. Yeah. It's been what I would call a neutered Washington Capital identity. Now, when I think D.C. hockey, I think, you know, we're a heavy hitting team. We've got a big team too. We're we're old school in that sense. Like we're we're <clears throat> more so being more accepted or being being more open to players who are undersized. I mean, you know, we reference you reference the World Juniors roster. Ryan Leonard, by the way, Washington Caps prospect, did make that roster. He's in. 
Um, but, you know, Ryan Litter is a pretty big prospect that we've drafted. And he's, you know, under 220, around six foot tall. The uh, Washington Capitals, though, in recent years, have picked up smaller guys. Connor McMichael is like 5'11", uh, you know, around 180, 190 pounds. Uh, little Phillips, Matt Phillips there, yeah. he's tiny. Smallest guy in the NHL. Um, so the Caps are not adverse to big bodies, but we also have a line that has Connor McMichael paired up with Protus and big Anthony Mantha who doesn't always play to his size, but is nonetheless a large man. Yeah, and, you know, even before the current roster, uh, Haglin, Cheery. Um, so in this time of a neutered identity, um, we've been allowing the, the short kings a shot. We have, we have. Um, though, if you look at the roster as a whole, big guys, pretty big. On the larger side in the NHL, usually. Um, we like to get pucks deep. We like to crowd the net, crash the net, and get those greasy goals. But we also generally had a very nice mix of top-end talent that could bury. In the past couple of years, though, especially, <clears throat> I feel like um, the Washington Capitals' big thing is they didn't have that talent. We can still bump and grind. We can still get it deep. We can still lay the body. But I don't feel as if the Washington Capitals are as physical night in and night out as they used to be, especially under Barry Trotz and previous. Um, yet, and and also we don't have that top in talent now. Just for this season, pulled up some team stats. Uh, the Washington Capitals are scoring two point one goals per game. Sands the data set that the North that the Carolina Hurricanes just we just played on Sunday, so that's not updated, but. Before playing the Carolina Hurricanes, we were only scoring 2.1 goals per game. That's good for a basement-dwelling 30th of 32 teams in the league. That's fucking terrible, okay? Um, goals against, though, is only 2.41 against, which is good for 19th in the league, which is not amazing, but much better. Definitely better. Definitely better than 30th. Um, unfortunately, the Washington Capitals are last for shots on goal, but 9th. Ninth least for shots against. We do an excellent job of mitigating shots, okay? And it's not torts level mitigation where guys are having to sell out and block shots. Now, I'm saying not saying that block shots don't happen. Block shots have happened for the Washington Capitals, but it's not their entire game plan. Yeah. You remember Tortorella's fucking New York Rangers? Yeah. I felt like every everybody on that team on that team was a goalie. Yeah. You know. Um, so it's not that it's, it, but I think through our system and through our defensive structure, we are really limiting teams from, from getting good shots on net. Uh, we're closing down the middle. We're doing essentially what any hockey coach, any hockey fan would love of their team from a solid defensive structure standpoint. And I love that. I think that's the strength of the Washington Capitals right now is their defensive structure, no matter who they have in the lineup. So I'll give a lot of credit there to uh, to Carberry. He's got forwards back checking. He's got guys in the mix. He's got guys playing playing tough on the puck in our own zone and pushing all action to the perimeter. That I think is something that you can build an identity around. Absolutely, I, I think it, he's laying a very good foundation. So I love that. I love that about some Spencer Carberry. What I do not love is that 
the Washington Capitals are 29th in rebound shots for. They're near bottom in high danger shots for. Uh, they're last, dead last in unblocked shot shot attempts, and they're 24th um, uh, for shot attempts against, unblocked shot attempts against. So like I said, <clears throat> the Washington Capitals are not getting this type of uh, stat compilation via guys being willing to lay down their body and block shots. It happens, but it's not a mainstay. So what they're doing is they're playing, they're getting shots on, you know, the opposing team will get shots on net, but they're going to be from low danger areas from outside, from the blue line, you know, and if you're going to get in and, and really be effective offensively with the Washington Capitals, you need to get into the middle and you need to tip a puck in. Now, Unfortunately, this is the same problem the Washington Capitals have on the offensive side of the puck because they are not getting into the middle and they are not generating enough shots. Being last in the league for shots by a very wide margin is pretty rough. I believe they've got somewhere in the ballpark of 560-ish shots for um, on net, whereas the next team up is the Ottawa Senators, and they have like 30 more shots on net. And you said, um, was it the Hurricanes mm-hmm. had like the eight, most eight hundred, eight hundred, and they had the most. Yeah, eight three hundred more shots than the Washington Capitals. Yeah, now they played games. a few more games. They played a few more games, but yeah. Jesus Christ, I mean that's just such a fucking ocean of a margin. That's like ten average games. And you know, one thing I've noticed that um, I quite possibly just lost my train of thought. No, it's back. Um, (laughs) the Capitals are running a pretty good cycle, but they're really struggling to get the puck off of the boards into scoring chances. Yeah. So they're holding the puck. I don't know what the numbers are for possession, but they seem to be establishing the offensive zone. Yeah. But by the time they try to get to the front of the net, there's just, there's no room. Right. That's exactly right, and the timing's off or whatever it may be. But when we do get those, we, we <clears throat> the the plays that the Washington Capitals are scoring on or, the, or their high-danger plays are truly that. You know, they're, they're plays in front. We've found a, we found a gap, and we're able to find it. I think that if Spencer Carver is coming into this, he's got to know that, like, you've got a lot of veterans on this team who are highly skilled. Yeah. Okay? So <clears throat> they may not be able to, and, and this is what he said from the beginning, they may not be able to skate stride for stride with everybody in the league, but they can outthink them. Yeah. And that is important as we've harped on constantly through this uh, podcast's creation. Is that I hate when I hear, and I'm, I'm happy that it's kind of gone, and I don't know if that's just because they've moved to ESPN and have different analysts on, but for the longest time, the NA, before, you know, from basically 2010 to 2018, the, the NHL was a speed league, right? You had to be fast. It's all about speed. Now, I think that gets constantly misinterpreted into this is a league that every player is can skate fast. That's not the case. Speed is all, you know, the puck will move faster than you can every time. You know, you learn that really early on in your hockey career. And whether you understand that, or not is a completely different story, but you're being told the puck will always move faster than you can. Yeah. So 
when teams can make decisions and put passes tape to tape up the ice, they are generally incredibly successful, right? And so this is this type of speed is true. Yes, you have to be making quick decisions. There's not a lot of time. You don't have a lot of space. It's hockey. Puck right? movement speed. Puck movement speed. Team speed, if yeah. you will. Right? Um, and so when I hear like the whole speed thing and how it gets misconstrued, it was always super frustrating because I, I think hockey and the NHL is more of a checking league than anything else. It's... How do you slow down the opposition from doing that, from making those quick decisions? You got to be in there, you know, be in their jock when they get the puck. You know, you want to be there before the puck gets there as it's on its way, really. That's the best time to turn a puck over. Right. Um, you know, that type of speed is just as important as who's got the fastest skater. You know, if the NHL was truly a speed link, Connor, Connor McDavid's one of the fastest guys on the ice, uh, they would win the cup every year and, you know, we know how that's worked out for Edmonton. Yeah, right. So uh, that's what always pissed me off. And I really think that the defensive side of the game, the checking aspect of the game, which, again, isn't body checks. It's impeding the, the progress of the other team is what a check is. That's the definition of what a check is. It doesn't have to be a body check. It could be a stick check. It could be breaking up a play, breaking up a pass. It's a check. Um, it could be cutting a guy off. Exactly. You know, just taking away his... Uh route to the net occupying space that makes it harder for guys to get to the front of the net or get right. to good shooting angles yeah absolutely and that's why i think the nhl is a checking league but that aside um you know the washington capitals just simply aren't generating enough offense in, in every way uh it's a sad day in washington capitals history when it's it's sad with the silver lining when the third line is carrying the bulk of the water when it comes to goal scoring. That Mantha, Protus, and McMichael line has been one of the best lines so far in the past eight games than any other line. And, you know, while we're getting flashes of brilliance from Dylan Strome and Tom Wilson, you know, Dylan Strome, I believe, is the leading goal scorer, and he only has 12. Yeah, not great. Yeah. If, just to put that into perspective... I'm pretty sure that the top goal scorer in the league is Austin Matthews. Um, if I were to look and try to pull this up with uh, the shitty NHL app, which sucks really bad. But, um, oh, I'm sorry. No. Austin Matthews is tied with Brock Besser. 23 goals. Doubling up. Almost doubling up Dylan Strom's total, and that's our top goal scorer. Nikita Kucherov, 20 goals. Zach Hyman, 18. Pasternak, 17. I mean, these are these are... While, while 12 is an absolutely respectable number, I would much rather have a guy coming up on 20 at this point in the season. Yeah, for sure. And we don't have that. In the past, it's been Ovechkin. But ultimately, I'm looking at this team, and I think it screams to me that the Caps are offensively fucking god-awful. Uh, they really need a top-end score. Uh, hopefully, Max Pacioretty can come back and give us that. Um, and also the Washington Capitals have the seventh most giveaways in the league. So execution, execution, execution. We're talking about being a speedy team, making decisions and executing properly. And Spencer Carberry's number one go-to, I think, is always execution wasn't there tonight. Execution wasn't there tonight. Execution wasn't there tonight. Right? We're hearing that constantly from his post game. And I've got to agree. And it's 
I think that the having so many giveaways is huge there. Yeah. But I'll tell you, just on a side note, I don't I don't like hearing that from the coach because to me that translates as I had a good plan, they didn't fucking do it. Yeah, well, that's what every coach wants to say. It's, that's kind of what Carberry's saying. I it is true. I think coaches need to saying execution wasn't there isn't taking responsibility. It's passing it off. Ah, so you have a little bit of beef with it. I have a beef with the way he's wording it, yeah. What would you rather him say? I didn't get them ready. <laughs> you okay. How? How would you but how do you it's a player's sport, don't you agree? It's not a coach it's not like it's not what football fans think good coaching is, right? This isn't a football whereas I think that so for instance, in a sport like football, I feel like there's a ton of uh glory and blame given to coaches in the NFL because football fans and football culture feels that they actually matter. That coaches in football actually matter. When I don't I disagree. I think that football uh strategically is a joke of a game. Okay. Well what I'm saying is if he thinks execution is the problem, yeah. Then he needs to figure out a way to better simulate the opponents at practice and get the proper amount of reps so that the execution is second nature. Fair. But, Polly, these are NHLers, man. So you're basically saying, like, they should run a weave? I they should just do the weave every cracky? I think that if you're going to come in, and I, I don't have anything against Carberry. I like him, and I think he's doing a lot of good. But I think if a coach is going to come in and swing his dick at all these guys who have, are better than he ever was and Ooh. say, this is Ooh. my system and you're okay. going to run it, well, then he better damn well beat that into their, you know, so deep into their brain it's in the brainstem. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, yeah, like what – with the – there, there are plays, though, that I see the Washington Capitals play, especially on the breakout, the little touch play passes that are really detail-oriented touch play passes that are five feet. But, you know, it's through the legs, it's through their own legs, off the boards, and in one seamless motion. And when that happens, the Washington Capitals are tip-top, very good-looking team. Yeah. When the Washington Capitals throw the puck through the middle and it gets picked off and everybody has to scramble to get back into position, which – a lot of times they've been doing and doing well. Yeah. You know, I mean, at what point does the onus come on the player? That's well, what I don't, I'm wondering. I don't think he's wrong, but okay. I, I don't like... You, know, you don't like the way he's presenting. I don't like the coach putting it on the players, no. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, in Carberry's defense, he's not the one out there playing. You're right. You know, uh, again, it's a player's game, I think. And what I mean by that is that, like, ultimately, you can have the best plan and you can practice it and hone it in. But ultimately, what does make a great team? It's guys like Evgeny Kuznetsov, who are going to put the team on their back. Guys like Alexander Ovechkin. Guys like Connor McMichael and Anthony Mantha this yeah. year, who are going to come in and just say, you know what? I'm just going to go fucking score a goal no matter what I have to do to it. You know, we're going to follow the coach's plan. We're going to get it in deep. We're going to run off the cycle. And then creativity needs to needs to be a thing. Uh, well, I think you're right. And, 
you know, to your point, you could have the best face-off drawn up, but if you don't win the face-off, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Um, and it won't funny. always happen. Only a yeah. fool would think that it would happen every time. And it's funny you bring up creativity because when you were when we were going through offensive stuff earlier, that was something that I was going to say. I don't – I like this system. Um, and let me say again, I like Carberry even though I disagree with how he presents his excuses. Um, I don't know if his, if his system allows for much creativity. That's another, that's, that's a good point. I'll, I'll agree with you to a point. Yeah. Um, And that's okay. If they're going to keep more or, if they're not going to allow more than two goals in a game, you know, you can score three goals without creativity if you get it done. But, you know, you're not without creativity, you're not going to be scoring more than three goals. Sure. And with. I feel that his system promotes creativity. I do, because if you look at it, what do the caps do when they enter the zone? They control the puck. They settle. Right. And then they run a cycle. They immediately get into like a low or high cycle. Yeah, and that's why... Which, which hold on, which is an overload to one side. Yeah. They're, they're all about puck support, right? So they're overloading one side. There's not a lot of guys on the back door except for Ovechkin who doesn't move. Um, and is really, at this point, kind of being a bit of a decoy. But when you're talking about what do the Caps do when they get in the zone, a successful entrance into the zone... Typically results in a ring around. They ring it around. Yeah. Um, and they find some space. They settle the puck. And then they start moving. And then it turns into a cycle very quickly. Um, you know, or a keep away. A two-man game, if you will. Yeah. Whether it be the center or a winger with the D-man or two forwards down low. It usually turns into like a two-man game until they can sort it out. And then... From there, it's a cycle. And then from there, we're trying to go for the net. Um, of course, this is in settled, even, 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 even rushes. So not like, obviously, the Washington Capitals can score on the rush. They're, they're not a bad rush team still. When you have a odd man advantage, it, it makes things easier, right? So I'm talking about more just like five-on-five five offense, what happens. So... I think my takeaway from this is that I would love for the Washington Capitals to get into the middle a little bit more. Easier said than done. But I'd like to see him shoot a little bit more, too. Yeah. I'd really just like to see a little bit more of bulk shots. The weird part about what the Washington Capitals have been doing is that it seems like every shot from the point gets blocked. It just seems like other teams... So, okay... When you're, when you're going to do a perimeter cycle and you don't want to get involved, you could literally play a zone and just compact on the net and let them let the other team fuck around on the cycle in the corner. Yeah. Right? When a good cycle is happening, you know, man-to-man coverage can be abandoned and you could start with a zone and then that breaks the cycle up pretty good. Right, I mean, I don't know. Is that generally what you guys would do when you would, if if you were getting outcycled? Like, would you just have your team continually run around and just try to out 
site out, you know, or would you retreat and go back to the home base? Well, we essentially ran a zone. I remember basically the way coach taught it was, um, yeah, you've got your zone. Someone's in your zone. You pick him up. He leaves your zone. You return back to the central location, and the next guy picks up the puck. Right. Now, if it's a three-man cycle, you know, you become pretty harmless if you're playing a zone because you're not involved, right? Yeah. You're not tailing a man. But with the NHL and how good these guys are, they're playing a man up. They're, they're playing man for the most part. Yeah. Uh, through the neutral zone, you're trying to pick a man. You get into a settled offensive situation where the Capitals have been. And, you know, they've done a really good job playing the perimeter. You know, they, they keep possession, which possession is huge in, 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 in hockey. But ultimately, what's huger is, you know, how many times have we seen, even this season, the, you know, run-and-gun method that can break up a team that's really just trying to slow the game down and, and, and possess. You know, you could have five minutes of sustained offensive pressure, and then one spring the other way absolutely destroys everything that you've been doing for the whole game. Yeah. I don't think the Washington Capitals are ne- essentially or necessarily falling victim to that every time, but I definitely think the Washington Capitals – to be a successful team, need to score more than 2.1 goals per game. And the only way that I see, I think a good start would be to be a little bit less choosy about their shot options. Yeah, that's why, you know, you and I were talking pre-show. And I, I think, I don't, I would assume it's coming from Carberry that he's preaching quality over quantity. And sure. I think at this point, you need to shift that a little more to the 50-50 the side. Right. You know, you know, go a little more towards quantity. Build some things up a little bit, and then maybe we can revisit this later on. Greenlight some guys to put a shot, you know, first of all, on net. The Washington Capitals have missed a lot of shots on net. Yeah. They've... But Carlson, geez, how many, how many breakaways does he cause because he fires it three feet over the net? <laughs> right. Or... You know, and not to shit on Captain America there, but uh, I love John Carlson. I think he's, I mean... It, oh, no, I, I think he's great, but... Ice time leader in the league. I mean, the guy's, the guys for a veteran D-man, I mean, I don't think it gets more quintessential than, than him. You know, but but to, as of right now, whether it be a systematic problem or not, I think the Washington Capitals are quite snake-bitten. Yeah. On the finishing side of things. Absolutely. Have we run into some really quality goalies? Fuck yeah. We have. We really have. I mean, Saros, you know, these rookie goalies that are coming out of nowhere. Um, you know, even in Carolina, the Kochekov guy, he, just re- he played really well. It seems like everybody wants to get up in the goaltending position for the Washington Capitals. And the only way I see that the Caps can improve is if they get the puck to the net more and start funneling more pucks to the net – and then getting the greasy ones. Yeah. You know, using that size that we have on the big lines to, to get in the field of vision, to bang some bodies in front, get into the, you know, pay with a with a pound of flesh if you need to, but bang one home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd love to see shot volumes increase. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's a good start. Now, tighten up the giveaways because again, you know, 
it's it's crazy to think that the Washington Capitals are the seventh most in the giveaway column when they have games where it almost seems like everything's that you know we've had games where things are just flowing so well for us and and everything we shoot seems to be going in the back of the net but you can't rely on that you've got to make your own luck at some point yeah right um, the Capitals haven't been the most lucky you know in the natural game the you know I don't know there's a there's a fucking somebody's got a patreon or something I, I don't know exactly where it comes from but you know hockey visualization of like deserved to win meter right expected goals for we've been leading in many cases where we've lost games where you know we should have won by like a landslide but it didn't happen i think the nashville game last week is a perfect example of that washington capitals basically dominated that game had the puck almost the entire game but still lost three to one love to hear it right it's brutal and that's hockey but at the same time, <clears throat> you know, they're not doing themselves any favors on sloppy breakouts. And when they do get it into the zone, they're, it, it seems like they want to establish dominance within that zone structurally before going to the net. And that is, for defensive purposes, perfect. Yeah. For a team that's struggling to put the puck in the back of the net, not so great. It just means that you're killing the clock. Right. So, what can the Washington Capitals do from here on out? One, I think they can be a little less choosy on their shot selection. Two, and, and because here's, a, here's another thing about the defenses of their opponents on the shot selection. You get a guy dead center on the blue line in the middle of the ice uh, from the point. Most teams have like two layers of defensemen blocking uh, or you know it doesn't have to be defensive but you know the defensive forward and a defenseman and the goalie trying to block that shot yeah from the middle of the ice you know teams know where the defensive lanes are where where the where the high scoring lanes are they're going to try to get in that right. right so you know maybe find a different sweet spot change it up and then the Washington Capitals shooters really need to concentrate on putting the puck on net make sure that the the, the shot gets through, gets on net. And of course, this is easier said than done. I'm sure that they think this. I'm yeah. sure that this has already been talked about many times over. And it's it's so tough to get a shot through in the NHL. I mean, there's guys sprawled out. They're super fast. They're huge. Uh, you know, a well-placed shot, which could be absolutely on a fucking laser, to the top corner, gets batted down, gets broken up somehow. It, it happens. But... You know, I'd love to see the Washington Capitals get more shots on net. And when they're taking that shot, make sure that it, you know, maybe causes a rebound. Maybe it's not a shot to score. You know, maybe it's a shot for a rebound. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the pads. And, of course, they need to get guys in front to clean up that garbage. The second thing I think they can do is add a top-in scoring. Yeah. I think the Caps, look, I mean... Okay, Ovechkin's on us. On he's struggling a little bit. In this past week, he's shown a lot more life. But for the for two out of three last weeks, Wash or Ovechkin has really just looked uninvolved. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Do you have any insight? What do you think it is? Uh. He's old. 
You think he's old? Yeah. Of course he's old. I think he, uh, it's not coming as easy as it used to. He seems to have lost that drive, that fire, though. Yeah. You know, previous, when, when a puck would go on net, Ovechkin's number one... Okay, Alexander Ovechkin is a freak of nature. I've said this before. I think that if Alexander Ovechkin was born 3,000 years ago, people around him would be throwing him money, riches, food, women, just so that he wouldn't kill everyone in sight. Yeah. Right? So he's always had that kind of killer instinct. When the shot goes on net, he follows it up. You know, he wants to tap in a rebound. He understands, like, hockey. He knows how to score. This year, I've seen less and less, like, a, a big drop-off on, on that kind of killer instinct when it comes to scoring goals. Which is sad to me. But, you know, ambition over skill all day. Yeah. I mean, he's got the skill. Right. So he just needs the drive. And he's still pumping him on net on the one-timer. 90 plus miles an hour. Yeah. So I'd love to see the caps maybe pick, pick a corner more, be a little bit more selective and, you know, maybe, you know, it's like aim small, miss small. Right. Yeah. But the problem is that I feel like the Washington capitals, when they've tried to aim small, they're missing big. Yeah. And the puck doesn't even hit the net or, and becomes a breakaway the other way. You know, we've cleared the puck the other way. Uh, but I don't know. And I mean, puck retrieval seems to be an over 50% split. So if on loose pucks, I think the Washington Capitals do a good job of puck retrieval for, for most of the games, both in the offensive and defensive end. So I think that more shots, more well-placed shots, and getting bodies to the front of the net, kind of dialing back and doing a little bit more fundies, getting back to the fundies here, yeah. a little bit, little bit more, just what's going to work, could do the do the caps a little bit of a favor. Hit the nail on the head. We'll see. Either way, through all of this, the Washington Capitals are still in the fight, very much in the fight. And have, for most accounts, overperformed what their roster, what what commonly is, is what the narrative is, is at least that the, the roster is weaker and weaker and weaker and it's weaker every year. And we've got a lot of young guys and the core is aging and yada, 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 right? You have all these negative fucking opinions on that. But I still think that the Caps have, have that are able to get that opportunity. I do think that they should add... Early on, like right now, because think about it. Think about a guy who could score every three games. If we added a guy like that. That'd be great. That'd and be we're big. only talking 20 goals, 25 goals for the rest of the season. Yeah. If we could get one fucking guy in the top six who could add 25 goals for the rest of the season, I think that would be the difference of 10 games winner over in the win column rather than the loss column. Makes sense to me. Would love to see that move. We've got four million. Let's get someone young, twenty-five year old. If Patrick Laine wasn't fucking hurt, yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, who who knows who that guy is? 
and then who knows what Max Pacioretty is going to bring. Right. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if we just bullshitted that segment or actually educated anybody or brought up any good points, but Capstans, I would love to see shot attempts go up a little bit more. I'd love to see shots get through a little bit more. I'd love to see something click where the shots that we are taking are eventually going to go through. Looking at their shooting percentage, looking at the amount or lack thereof of chances, I don't think that this is sustainable throughout an entire year. It's got to get better. Yeah. Need it. All right. I've I've ranted long enough, Caps fans. Tell us what you think. Bet on some OV goals with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the action with on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuing a gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shields are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Polly, I'm hungry. Warm up the oven. It's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. Dude, I'm I'm wearing one of those Boba Fett socks right now. Are you? You got yeah. a Boba Fett sock on? Yeah. Boba Fett rules. Uh was that voice sultry enough to cue that in? I think so. Yeah. Sorry, I Sultry. I really went on a rant. I think the last one kept saying the same shit. I don't know. That's all right. I mean, you also did say that they needed to be less choosy, and then later you said more choosy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant <laughs> what I meant by that was like they should be picking corners. Yeah. You know, looking to score. They've just got to get that the fire back. Yeah. So. Yes. Bedard again. Oh. Starting to love the kid. <laughs> um, or his mom. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Just kidding. Fuck. Just kidding. Paul. Yeah. Um, no, so Vancouver, before they played Chicago, put out this tweet and it was like Vancouver fans in all cities. And it was Vancouver fans in Chicago. And then it looked like. And the article I read said it was Bedard as a kid um, in his Vancouver stuff, which is where he's from, you know. Oh, he's a Western Canada boy. I believe he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, because he played um, in the W, didn't he? Yeah, he's from North Vancouver. Yeah. So. Um, Just like the creators of the Hockey Podcast Network from exactly. Vancouver Island there. Yeah. 
So BC boys. It was just funny to me that you know them. You know that was just like a an all all in good fun kind of troll. Well, what they do? They it, well, they just in that collage. One of the pictures was him cheering for the Nucks. Cheering for the Nucks as a kid, uh, like him in the stands, and yeah. It was just funny. Yeah, it got me thinking. Um, obviously, that's not something that's gonna hurt his reputation or anything. It's funny because you know, lighthearted fun. What lighthearted jabs there? Right. Um, and it got me thinking. I remember there was a player. Someone dug up his old tweets once. I forget who it was, but you know, he grew up liking maybe maybe it was Bennington. I don't know. Someone in their amateur days was talking shit on the NHL team they ended up on. <laughs> um, and so, you know, someone saw them and posted them, and it just got me thinking, like, you know, I grew up an hour away from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and grew up hating their teams. And, you know, just thinking, like... You're the OG hipster, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a contrarian. Right. Um... And, you know, if I had been drafted by the Penguins or the Steelers or even played for my local minor league hockey team, the Wheeling Nailers in the ECHL, which is the Penguins' longtime affiliate, yeah, people would have had a field day with my <laughs> social media from high school. Well, you know, that's a bold assumption considering that you would be like – part of the media buzz. I don't know, Polly, no offense, but I feel like if, if you or I were to make it to the NHL, even at that echelon and in that fantasy being realized, we would still be like replacement level players in the NHL. Yeah, but still I feel like I feel like there's the hockey trolls out there that are just like there's always someone watching someone. One fight. That's all it would take. Yeah. You just tw- get in one fight. The Twitter trolls are looking. Yeah. And, like, I know I just, whether it was, like, sharing a post and saying something very sarcastic after they lost or, well, I mean, you could look at the comment sections on my posts after a Penguins game. Usually, you know, when they play the Caps, I would argue with my my high school classmates all the time. Like, I, I get memory reminders on Facebook. And it's like 15 comments deep on me arguing, you know, calling Sidney Crosby all kinds of names and all kinds of, like, just think, like, it would not be lighthearted fun to pull up the things (laughs) I had said about Sidney Crosby if he ended up being my teammate. Buddy, do you know how, so this whole thing, Hockey Troll, the podcast, all of this. The Hockey Show Podcast, the Capture Podcast, the official Capture Podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network, like all of this involvement on my part stemmed through me on my personal Facebook page, which shall not be named for legal reasons. Um, my actual real identity just shitting on Pittsburgh Penguins and their fans in some of the most atrocious and heinous ways. <laughs> yeah, I and, know. <laughs> and to a point where. Literally, shout out my buddy Cody Tuttle and Nate Fitzsimmons. Yeah, they're getting full legal name shout outs on this one, bud. All right. They told me they're like, bro, after every Penguins loss or win, I flock to your 
Facebook account just to see what you're saying about them. You need to create a Facebook page so that, you know, you can literally just go crazy and, you know, see where it goes. And I did. And, and that was the literal birth of hockey troll, the brand. And then it's evolved into what the fuck we're doing right now, where hundreds of people, well, hundreds is a stretch, maybe like twos and threes of people (laughs) tune in every week to listen to us talk about fucking hockey, which is, by the way, love you guys. Love Fucking love you so much. Thank you so much. But I kind of want to know like what went wrong in your hockey viewing life that you're fucking listening to us at the same time. I think I have good opinions, so maybe it's a good thing for you, and maybe you agree with me, and that makes you really smart. But at the same time, this whole thing was created off of me literally hating one team and just shitting on them and being a Caps fan in the same vein. The beautiful game. The be- <laughs> Yeah, right, right. So imagine if I were to – Mike, sometimes I wake up from a nightmare of – and just – Buckets of sweat, just hyperventilating. Sometimes I wake up and on a nightmare is I'm like out in Pittsburgh or something. Or like one of my more influential and more successful colleagues, one of our more successful colleagues, uh, somehow getting a hold of Chris Sidney Crosby and putting him face to face with me. <laughs> oh my God. Being like, hey, this guy's name is the Hockey Troll, and he's made a fucking entire social follow. Like, he's he's made an identity out of hating you. Dude, you know what would be the worst part about that? What? Is he'd be so nice to you. Fucking so nice. He'd be you'd be like, fuck, dude. Not even. And, and, and he would be nice to the point where it was obvious that he gave zero fucks about yeah. what I fucking said. Because why should he? He's yeah. a multimillionaire with three cups. Yeah. And gold medals. And gold medals. And, yeah, I mean, he's accomplished everything in his field. Yeah. Uh, who are you, dirtbag? And and it was never really, while my hatred of the Penguins and Sidney Crosby was very real, it was more entertaining for me to troll the cucks who were just, like, super into the team and the player. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the fun of it. And, and you know, say what you will about the player and, and their style and things. And I've always loved Ovi's style. I thought that was just such a more exciting and explosive thing to be watching and more impressive. Though it seemed very simple in its presentation. But to be able to just skate into the fucking zone and absolutely unload one through somebody's legs through a goalie is pinnacle shit. I mean, that's crazy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the accuracy and consistency with his power is just unreal. Yeah, it's it's God-given. You don't teach that. No. Okay? Um, that had to be like somebody obsessed with it, being a freak of nature, and also honing in that skill. Now, Sidney Crosby, you know, it's, it's like, we'll just bring it back to football. You go to a high school football game and they run a trick play and they gain 30 yards And then they end up like, you know, doing good through that drive. Guarantee if you were to listen to the fucking conversation in the stands in a high school football game when you see a trick play, 
there's about half of the fucking parents are going like, I don't like it when the team has to resort to such trickery. And then the other half are saying, wow, what a creative and inventive play. That was a really good fucking thing to mix it up there two or three downs in, right? Yeah. So, and that's that's the difference. You know, Sidney Crosby, he's more of a cerebral player. Uh, you know, he's he sets the things up and, and does a good job there. And, you know, of course, he's he's a great puck retrieval player. I mean, you know, whatever. But it was a little bit more thought out and meticulous, I feel. And, and it was beautiful. It's all it's some of his setups are incredible. But at the end of the day, it's raw power, you know, smash mouth football. Yeah. If and you will. Ovi's the trick play. No, Ovi is the Ovi is the the power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ovi is yeah, just yeah. the the traditional ram it up the middle of the field with yeah. a good running back and just get it in. So you're the you're the curmudgeon who doesn't like the trick play. I don't like that trickery. Yeah. <laughs> Trickeration. When you have to resort to such trickery, it means that you're short coming in somewhere else, which is, you know, totally a logical leap of faith, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, buddy, if I was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow, I they cut you. <laughs> dude, I couldn't even I couldn't even take a take a comfortable piss in the locker room. Yeah, right. I'd be too scared, too bound up. I couldn't even take a pregame poo. That would really affect you. That would that would be highly detrimental to my game. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Somebody told me, you know, on my beer league team that I am like short. I am shorzy, because usually I would come in to the yeah, locker room. I think it was me. Well, you. It was Jamie too. Oh, he was I like, dude, that's you. It is. <laughs> the you're just like shorzy, but more like, more like Letterkenny shorzy, right? With the shorzy TV show rituals. Yes, like the poops. Yeah, and and then. Yeah. Farting on people while you're refer while you're refereeing. <laughs> I've never refereed, but if I did, I would definitely fart on people. Yeah, I've never stooped so low in my hockey career to referee. Well, that's good money. I bet. I bet. You know, maybe I need to, <laughs> considering certain life events of mine right now. But I will say, yes. Who and and I love that you've brought this up without like. And with the with a disclaimer that like we're not canceling anybody and we're not like it's not like crazy stuff. It's just stupid shit that you said on the internet about disparaging remarks about hating the team that you're going to be drafted to would right. be yeah too much. And buddy, so like <clears throat> I don't think that any of the players on a team would be actively searching that. But if it did become something that caught traction in the media mix how many guys are going to be how many guys are going to be chirping you on that team everybody fuck yeah you know you're like in practice like uh you know you don't you don't play right or whatever you miss a net you miss it you just miss a net in a flow drill like oh not 16 anymore but you don't be afraid you can score a goal yeah <laughs> it's just practice don't you worry gonna, you gonna tweet about that one bud <laughs> right, right right yeah I guess uh, all those ill-advised tweets in the past you know you could you could definitely just score in pracky hmm. <laughs> yeah 
like print it out and tape it to your locker. Oh my god! Yeah, that's definitely something that I would do to somebody. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Good stuff. You know, it's funny. One time, um, <clears throat> one time, you remember USA Hockey? It was they still do it, but when I was a kid, I always had to be part of USA Hockey. It was just the because I played in the United States, and yeah. they gave you insurance coverage and things like that. It's thirty bucks a year or whatever. Um, remember they used to do like at the back of the USA Hockey edition. I'm, I probably have a copy laying around, but they would <clears throat> have people that like drew pictures, yeah, and wrote poems. Well, <laughs> well, I was playing in Nova uh, for the Ice Dogs, Nova Ice Dogs, baby. What's up? Shout out. Played for them for like a year and a half. A kid on my team from Virginia, I saw the guy's name and a poem that, that it was written. And I was like, that is a guy on my team, I think. That's his first name and, and where he's from, Virginia. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. So I take the fucking issue of USA Hockey in the next game. I'm like, dude, is that you? And I just like had the issue. He's like, holy shit. Yeah, it is. Well, that's so. a cool thing to call out. That is a cool thing to call out, but yeah. I think, you know, we were all in high school, so he was yeah. probably a little embarrassed. Yeah. But, cool dude. I want to say his name was Monty. That's why I, like, it's like, Monty? Right. Who the fuck is named Monty from Virginia? There's got to be, like, one guy. Right. Yeah. Shout out, Monty. Hmm. Yeah. So you were kind of nice, kind of a dick. Well, no, I was, I was pumped. I was like, holy shit, dude, you got published in USA yeah. Hockey. Did you know that? That's, yeah. Yeah, That's nice of you. He had to have known. He was just playing it off. And cool guy. Cool. Cool. And it was a poem. It was a poem. It wasn't. It wasn't wasn't his picture. The coolest, sexiest thing that you could have been doing art wise, but still. Yeah. I'd be proud. I would be. I thought it was cool. I was being nice about it. But again. That's me being nice. Imagine if it was something disparaging and yeah. hilarious that I could make like a million jokes about. It'd be awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So what was the whole point of this segment? Do you have anything, to, any final closing comments here? No, just sometimes funny things come out on social media. And uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm glad that it wasn't what could have been for us what happened to Bedard. That's true. That's true. Seems pretty innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember kids, and you kids out there listening, what you put on the internet is forever. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, Capstans, we hope you like this episode. Us kind of pontificating about whatever we wanted. Hopefully this next week brings... More shots on goal. A little bit more of a better chances, hopefully. Penetration of the middle, if you will. And also, some good-hearted fun at the expense of young players in the NHL supporting things that, I don't know, maybe spin, spun in a way that makes it funny. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Fuck the Blackhawks. That's not a question, but... Okay. Imagine, looking at the Canucks now, imagine Connor Bedard 
signing with the Knicks? Uh, <clears throat> that would be very scary for the West. Yeah. It'd be very scary for the league. Yeah. Imagine that Besser, Bedard, Hughes. That puts him on the map. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it's like uh, it's like Tavares going to the Leafs. Yeah. Right? It's not often in your professional career that you get that opportunity, of course. But yeah, playing for the pajamas. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Interesting stuff. Caps fans, again, thanks a lot for tuning in. Until next week, though. High Control, Poly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me, Holly Cupcakes, at Holly underscore cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>